that's Glennon, and we're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, TV shows, and video games. Welcome to Dystropia. And we've had big news. It's been eventful since the last time we recorded. We've got, obviously, there's your thing, but there's been teabag news. There's been teabag news as well. Ah, turns, okay. What's this? Turns out it turns out teabags have been releasing microplastics, and they're going to change the, the makeup of teabags. I know. It, it shook me to my core. Was this the pyramid thing? Yeah, is this the, what they put in to make the pyramids? Exactly. It actually is the it's it's worse with the pyramid ones. And then lions have changed the the formula of the tea bag muslin bag thing. And now they stick together when you take them out. They're all they're all attached to each other because they're using I don't know. It's that that was my big news anyway. And obviously you released a game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not just me, my, myself and Probably eight others, right? Yeah, there's at least 12 of us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 15 studios working around the world together. It's it's It was a jarring experience all the way through just because I'm used to everybody being in the same room. Like yeah. everybody on a dev team being in the same room together working on something. You might outsource the odd bit of art or similar, but like... Yeah, like dealing like, oh, we got to have a meeting with such and such. Cool. Well, they're 12 hours behind or 12 hours. No, 12 hours behind. So we're yeah. going to have to like get on a fucking call at like 8, 9 p.m. And talk it through like or or 9 a.m. I mean, yeah. <laughs> either is possible. Um, oh, it's this is this is Assassin's Creed Valhalla for anyone not in the know. We'll, though I'm sure we mentioned it on previous uh, okay. episodes. Um, yes, it is a crazy thing when we jump on five o'clock meetings on our side and I'm watching like people eating pancakes and blueberries because it's their breakfast and they are not awake. They're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, I could put anything past you right now. You are So that raise, you promised me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we launched uh, Tuesday last week. So it's it's we, we launched on the 10th. We had the same launch day as the Xbox Series X and Series S. Um, and also, also went on the other consoles, the previous generation, the old generation. Now they're only like, I, I mean, the new ones are only at a week, but the old generation, uh, PS4 and Xbox One, yep, Xbox One X, Xbox One S. Um, it's it's like someone just trying to cheat at Scrabble, just throw in all the ten letter, uh, ten yep. point letters. It's fine. Um, yeah, more PC and all that. But it's yeah, it's been it's been really surreal um in a very weird way because like mobile games never get the same amount of attention at launch that pc and console games do no if a mobile game gets a huge amount of attention it's because something terrible has happened or somebody's taken huge exception to it whereas what you want is it to be kind of kind of ticking along and just find its fan base yeah yeah yeah. people look 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 at it and go oh that sounds interesting and then they jump on it you usually have your icon of like angry man screaming that's kind of the the default yeah. Um, and uh, we both don't have a personal grudge against that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I've but, I've seen marketing things where people are like we've just tested like random shit, angry man screening, dog, all this kind of stuff. I was like, I don't think there's a dog in your game. It's like people like to click a dog. We've tested it. I'm like, I don't understand. It's, I don't know, but it, it, it's a um, 
I think it's I think it's like when you open a, a mobile app store, you're overwhelmed by choice. So your brain just goes yeah. into primal mode and looks for the yeah. comforting thing or the thing they yeah. recognize. So it's either a picture of their dad shouting at them or a puppy. And they're like, <laughs> they just died on that. It's, but I, I love that that's become the convention. It's like, oh, am I screaming? It must be a game. And it's like, really, really interesting. That's <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah. But yeah, so like it never really gets a huge amount of attention. Like you get attention from the players once they're in. Like I'm used to it from previous games of like the games out there and, and people are playing it and you're in chat and you're seeing people react to it in chat and talk about it in chat and talk about mm -hmm. it in forums and talk about it, you know, like in, on the website or whatever, but not necessarily like news articles about your game. That's very yeah, yeah. rare in mobile, unless you do something either like completely like brand new or it's a business, it's a business article. Yeah. Such and such a company who started by years ago and has now achieved success with this. Like it's yeah. it's that type of thing. Um, but seeing people like freaking out oh, over certain things. It, it, like the entire internet has taken notice. The idea that like you get two penny arcade strips or you, the idea that like Twitter is that, 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 that melted my brain. I know, that we, melted my brain. I remember being in a meeting with you one time sitting up in the room i guess we were waiting for other people to come in or something and you did the entire i hope you like text from memory <laughs> like, I, I, I quoted it wrong and then you put one finger up you're like actually and it's just did it from memory yeah oh, man. like penny arcade and um, for people who don't know because there might be people who don't uh penny arcade is the second longest running webcomic i think pvp online is the only one that's longer but um, it's done by two guys in Seattle, uh, Mike Rahulik and Jerry Hawkins. Uh, Mike draws it, Jerry writes it. And they, they they are to blame for my sense of humor, the majority of it. Yeah, I could see It's it. kind of like them and Venture Brothers smashed them together, and that's my sense of humor. Um, very, very absurdist things and, like, you know, take something to the absolute extreme as fast as possible just to get a reaction yeah. and get a laugh. Um, but they're, they've been around for 20, I think they started in 98. So they're around 22 years now. Um, they host PAX. They're the creators of PAX, uh, which is a massive gaming expo that happens in, well, in the before Seattle, times. Boston, Australia, now yeah. Texas. Yeah. Um, Texas might be the unplugged one. Uh, London, I guess, where's the European one? Yeah, they, uh, PAX London. Yeah, I think they did London. Two or three times, but like this is all the before time when we were allowed yeah. outdoors. Um, so they run these massive like gaming events specifically designed to cater for the fans. It's like if you yeah. if you as a company want to show up there and advertise stuff, that's cool. But this is about the fans. This is about yeah. they basically designed the shit that they wanted to go to as fans. And then they run yeah. it. And each of these has like 70,000 attendants per year. And they run all four or five per year. And they also run, they own, well, they set up and run the Child's Play charity, which yeah. has raised to, uh, Q typing. While, while you're looking up the exact amount, one of the things they do at PAX is the Amigathon, where they just have people play games against each other. And it could be a fighting game like Street Fighter. And 10 games just ahead pick, of time that no one knows. Yeah. And they'll just pick people off the floor to be like, do you want to compete in the Amigathon? Uh, and one year, the final game was a claw machine like you'd seen in an arcade. And it was just whoever could win a teddy first. <laughs> I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. That's so geared towards the fans. You're not selling anything. You're not trying to push anything like some so, mad new game on me. 
they support over 140 hospitals around the world. Uh, we're talking like uh, North America, um, like uh, New Zealand, uh, Laos, Sri Lanka, Egypt, Kenya, um, two in Ireland. Oh, nice. They support the National Children's Hospital and the Children's Medical and Research Foundation. And they've raised over $44.5 million in the 15 years it's been going, I think. Yeah, about that. And it's just a charity drive. It's a charity event, like, and they give away stuff that they've done on their thing. And then they also, like, people do other events and donate to them. Um, and yeah, like, so these guys are huge. These are, they're, they were in time. They were one of the hundred yeah. people of the year at one point. Um, and they're like comedy heroes of mine. They've always been like yeah, comedy yeah. and creative heroes of mine because they're not, they've actually made games in their past, but like they're more gaming adjacent and they're the guys who, it's it's a mark of achievement when your game is in Pioneer Arcade. Yeah. It's absolutely. usually because they're about to tear the shit out of it, but it's also yeah. a mark of achievement that your game is in Pioneer Arcade. So not only were they talking about Valhalla, but they were talking about a feature I worked on. And yes. that was, and they were like calling it the, like that mini game, the game of the year, and that just kind of melted yeah. my brain a bit. I'm like, oh, or Orlog is the new Gwent. That's that seems to be the the oh, feeling on the internet. I don't know. It's so weird. It's like the, the weird thing about it is, I worked on that game for a week, I think it was, because we were just, we just did a massive like there was myself, my boss, and then two of the designers in our Chendu office mm. who worked on it. And they had been working on it beforehand, and then we needed to do like a revamp just to kind of like tune it up and get it all like to yeah. to release ready, essentially like in terms of like mechanics. And we just spent a week prototyping and testing and prototyping and testing and get roping in other people, grabbing the creative directors. Here, come here, play this yeah. game. But we were playing it against each other um, and testing it exhaustively that way. And oh, it's I... it's just it's so bizarre to see that reaction to it because it's like. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of the other stuff I did in the game is what I would call silent game design. In that, if the player notices it, it's because I did it wrong. Yeah, that then you're, you're functionally making like UI interactions at that point. It should be, it should be getting you into the flow state. But if you're noticing it, it's breaking that. Well, like everything else I did on that was related to the long ship. So right. the physics, the handling, combat, movement, everything on the long ship was my team. And as a senior designer, I basically had to go through a lot of that. Like, and some of the stuff was there when I came on board, and I just had to kind of like refine it. And then, because the game was already like a year in production when I came on board, yeah. Um, but then a lot of the stuff was like we had to kind of create, you know, create it from scratch, or we had to come up with that. And it's, I say we, like I'm senior designer, but it is we because yeah, it's one yeah. thing a lot of people don't understand is if you're not in game dev, is everybody on the team has ideas and everyone has suggestions. And uh, a lot of the game designer work is more recognizing what's the good ones, what's the bad ones, and what's what will fit so the experience is best for the player. Yep. So I, when you when you told me how you were working on that, I used that as an example immediately. I was do, doing a um, a run through with some of the art guys, not even the UI team, just like concept artists, three D artists. And I was like, the importance of play. We, we're we're absolutely going to schedule time for you to just put the headphones on and get some work done, but we're going to play a little bit too. So we've got new ships and stuff. They're going to be flying around in space. I just got a big mirror board, big online whiteboard, made the background black, and just started putting little guys down on it. I was like, these are your ships. 
everyone draw a ship and put it somewhere on the screen, right? We're going to kill a massive enemy. So one of the guys drew a massive enemy. He was like, how do you kill that thing? And they're like, I don't know, you bigger weapons? I was like, no, we're not giving you bigger weapons. So figure it out. And they're like, okay, we find the weak spots. And they started drawing weak spots all over the massive enemy. And I was like, now we're playing a game. Like, this is quite fun. We're going to yeah. figure this out. Yeah. So we we break the massive enemy down into tiny spots, and now it's hundreds of small battles instead of one big one. That's perfect for an online game. Yeah, it's like it's, and and that's what that like as a senior designer, like my role for a lot of it is. Sometimes they just go, we need a thing that does this and this, and yeah. then I go okay, and then I go off and I design, and there's like a full article that's like or a full you know document that's like five or six pages long, and I come back and there's like photoshopped examples and there's tables and flow diagrams, and I'm like. How's yep. this? And they're like, okay, we need to change this and this. Or head office has changed their mind on something, you know, and you're like, okay, I go off again. And that's just it. Like, there are there's parts of it that are that. But then, like, once you kind of get the general shape of the whole thing locked down, yeah, that's when you're, you present it to the non designers, the guys you're going to, like, the, the programmers, the tech animators, all that type of thing, you're going to be working on it. And they start coming up with ideas as well. Yep. And it's about working them in. But because now you all, you've, all you've really done with that initial design is you set the general flow. And yep. the approximate experience that you were going for to make something fun, and now you have to refine it based on the feedback of twenty or thirty individuals. Because I like I'm a hardcore gamer. I play games a lot. That's an understatement. Yep. I play games a lot, but I still haven't played every game, and I still yep. haven't played. Like, funny enough, people are always compare. Like, several people have like made that joke of like, oh yeah, Orlog is the new Gwent. And I'm like, I don't know. I never played Gwent and I never played The Witcher 3, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> I've had The Witcher 3 installed for like five months and I'm like, I'll get around to it. It's, I do have 11 days off at Christmas. I will eventually yeah. go and play it. But part that's, of me was that, just, I don't want to That's my Valhalla window over Christmas. That's what, that's what I've earmarked that for. But that's the thing. Part of me was like, I don't want to play it because I don't want to have that stuck in my head when I'm trying to design stuff. It's, it's funny because I think there's a lower bar of games you need to play, which is then like now you've got the vocabulary, now you can talk about stuff. Yes. And there's a there's an upper bar that if you hit, then um, then like that's it, you're you're uh, god tier. You you like you've played absolutely everything. But I think it would be harder to see the fucking trees for the forest up at that god tier where you're like I've seen everything. And it's like ah oh, the 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 what is it the impotence of choice? I can't actually identify what's good anymore. But that's the thing. Like there, there also comes a point where you come up with an idea and you're like, shit, am I just copying such and such? And you have to get another designer to look at it and go, does this yeah. sound like such and such from this game? And they're like, no, because you've done this, this, and this, and this different. And you're like, okay, thank you, because you, you don't even recognize it yourself, and that's a it, major part of it as well. Uh, it's so funny when I'm playing a game because I play lots of games and I want that vocabulary. Where I'm playing a game and realize I'm playing a completely standard mechanic. I'm like, oh, this is just a battle pass. Like, I'm just, or this is just a um, whatever progression system. I'm like, wow, they hid this really well. I've been playing for a hundred hours. I haven't noticed that I'm just doing a X, Y, or Z. Yeah, it's like the the like great games will do that, and like a lot of that actually comes down to not the game design, but either UI or uh, or art. Just being able to yeah. hide or like writing, being able to vary a story enough that like a repeatable mission doesn't know, you don't notice it's really repeatable. Yeah, or you know, like it, there's or changing the environment up enough. Every time yeah. I, like, I do a mission five times, I give it a different piece. Of, it's the same mission, but I give it oh. a different piece of dialogue and a completely different, like say in Destiny, a completely different planet to go to. Yeah. That's like it doesn't if feel you, as competitive. If you call something a repeatable mission, the player's like, eh, if you call something a bounty, you've got to collect this bounty. You're like, you, this is something you can do over and over and over again, but it'll yeah. be a different dude each time, and he'll have a slightly different like. 
a slightly different gamut different than you're like, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 all about like presentation is the is a lot of it. I, I was how much you get... show, how you show it to the player, how much you tell them up front, how much you reveal as the thing goes on. It's the presentation layer is funny because I remember there's people who wouldn't do certain parts in games because there was spiders, and there was a Far Cry game where I wouldn't go any further in a certain area because he had to go kill a bunch of dogs. I was like, I feel like strangling dogs to death today. Honey badgers, maybe, but the, the uh, eighteen who's been on this show, um, she was looking for a good game to play, and I, I was about to recommend Skyrim to her, and then I remembered that she has arachnophobia, and I was like, ah, but there's there's a, there's a mod that can change all the spiders in the game to look like the Draugr. Oh, I thought they turned into wolves, the Draugr? Yeah, it turns right. them into zombies. And then I remember she's also terrified of zombies. I'm like, well, you're not just not playing Skyrim. I'm sorry, yeah. there's, not, there's only so much we can do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know someone had a fear of zombies and used Skyrim to get over that fear, where she was like, I can stay up here on the, on the like above ground and just get stronger. And then she would venture deeper and deeper into mines. And at a certain point, like, no, I'm out and run back out again. And then she was like, no, I'm good. I'm a strong person. My one-handed skill is ridiculous. I'm going to get through this entire mine this time. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it depends, I think, on the strength of the fear for a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we released our game. If you, it's also, like, it's great that I can now say what I did specifically on it, because for the longest time, until, it, until the day of release, I wasn't allowed to say what yeah. specific parts I worked on. People were like, you're on the game. I'm like, yeah, what are you working <laughs> on? Design? Yep. <laughs> like, but like, but what? And I'm like, design? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you, you know when you pick up the game and play it? It's probably some of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, but, but now that it's like, you know, people are like, fucking combat, man. I'm like, nothing to do with me. <laughs> I did not touch that. Or people like, if whenever they have a bitch about it, unless it's like something I worked on, like, not my problem. Not my circus, not my monkeys. It's not, it's nothing to do with me. I, uh, you, you were mentioning how big and how many studios were working on it. I love the idea yeah. that you can actually sit down and play it and be like, there's whole sections of this game that I have never oh, yeah. seen. So basically, because I worked on the longship and the, um, the dice game briefly, the, the dice game stuff we tested exhaustively, but like, that was... Like you just teleport to where the guys are and interact with them and test it. The longship, like <laughs> anything that's more than like thirty meters inland, I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> did you put the cat on the longship? Our team did. It wasn't me specifically, oh, but yes. Everybody was going mad about there's a cat in the longship game of the year. I was like, <laughs> like speaking of packs, there's a guy who knows his players and knows how to, how to treat them right. We um. Because it, it was, a, it, it is a historical thing. Vikings very famously had uh, cats on their longship, both for good luck and the fact that they would hunt the mice and the rats mm. that would be on their ships. Um, the, there is a breed of cat known as a Maine Coon, but it's descended from a Norwegian forest cat. And okay. how did it get there? The Vikings. <laughs> like, That's great. It, it's, and like, like uh, people were like, the cats look a bit big. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, but like, like a cat's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit like this size. I'm like, you've never seen a, like a Norwegian forest cat. Like that thing is about one and a half times the size of a regular domestic cat. Like now they are domestic, but they are yeah. monsters. And it's like, ah, oh, okay then. Fair enough. And it's like, but yeah, the, it, was, it was my team who did it. Um, there were, there was the, the, there, there was moments where people were like, like we were having meetings, like sprint planning meetings. And we're like, okay, so this is we're going to work on this. This sprint we've got to do, like, just get the combat and the longship done. And we, we want to get the 
the Fuller River stuff working and someone's like, like, but what about the cat? And it's like, that's expensive. <laughs> but what if we run out of time? <laughs> like, uh, I, so, something that we released, uh, I guess it was for April Fool's this year, the or maybe last year, Borg. was the book. Bo- the Borg Tribble yeah. and the amount of meetings we were having around this thing were like it'll just be a silly thing we put in the game and like CBS has signed off they like it like all the, the everybody who needs to sign off because it's a, it's a Star Trek game so we need to talk to the IP holders everyone seems to like it it'll be a fun thing for for April Fool's man the amount like we put it in for it's going to take us two weeks it'll be fine we had to redo how we did hair textures we had to redo all these animation things we had to find a way to get in all these novel skeletons so that we could actually animate yeah. And I, since then, all our characters have been amazing because the hair is perfect. Because like we've already figured this out on a fucking triple, we can do anything. After that. <laughs> we literally had a ball of hair. Yes, but uh, it was one half reproductive system and one half stomach, if I remember rightly. <laughs> from the <laughs> uh, well, our guy was uh, our guy was mostly giant Borg eye on the front. So yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so it's just been weird, like seeing the reactions. But it's great seeing how, like, the people playing it, and you know, like fucking the Saturday before I came out, because a few, a bunch of streamers got early access and stuff. And Saturday before I came out, I just turned on Twitch one, like, you know, sitting yeah. down for dinner, I'm like, or for for breakfast, I was like, I'll throw Twitch on just so I can watch something while I'm thing. And like, Shroud is streaming the game to like thirty five thousand yeah. people, and I'm like, oh, my brain is itchy. This is so strange. He also did something which I thought was fantastic. There's a point where he's like, he was obviously given a list of stuff he couldn't couldn't show beforehand, and right. he had that open on the screen. And occasionally, you see him glancing over to it and then checking the map where he was. He's like, "Am I allowed to be here?" And at one point, <laughs> he went to go to uh, an area like when you first arrive in England, because you start in Norway, and then after anywhere from like three to eight hours, depending on how completionist you want to be, you then head over to England. Yeah. And when you get to England, then there's like you reach your, where you're going to set up your settlement and then you can go that you do like state you do stake territories and you'd go to those territories and try and form alliances with the people there right so you're trying to because the whole thing is that like part of the reason why uh story reasons i won't i won't yeah. spoil it but you're trying to you're trying to like stake claims and, and like stake alliances with people and you choose and you have two to choose from one's to the north of you and one's to the south immediately like north and south and he was going to do the one to the north and he's like gets in the long ship and he's sailing around and he's going up towards the starting point because it's a marker you know go here talk to the dude yeah. and as he's sailing around he takes a wrong turn on the river so he goes like a left instead of a right and then right. sometimes he's like ah oh, shit i'm not meant to be here everyone close your eyes it's like thirty-five thousand people watching <laughs> oh that's great and then he's like and, and the thing is like well there's no level system there's a power progression so as you uh, complete objectives you earn skill points and those skill points equate into power and then they also like you use them to unlock new stats and that type of thing uh for anyone who's familiar with path of exile it looks like it's a similar kind of system where you have like a big grid and you move through the grid unlocking stuff as you choose uh, another example of you was used in final fantasy 10 it was the sphere grid from final fantasy 10. oh yeah, yeah. That type of idea. and he's um he's like power level 25 or 30 and he's like in this area and he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm here. It doesn't matter. Just, just whatever. Like, and he doesn't, uh, like he realizes it's too late and he's like, fuck it, I'll just go to where I'm going, but I'm just going down the wrong river to get there. It's fine. Yeah. And then he sees a raid location and he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to raid this place instead. And he turns towards it and hits, hits the raid button and he raids and he jumps off the front 
parries the first guy and insta kills him and then he sees the power level of the guys because it just shows a red skull beside their name and he's like yeah, i'm yeah. in the wrong spot i'm in the wrong spot and then he just screams as a guy one shots him and he's like guess they really didn't want me showing you that basically wanders into a level area and just gets wrecked in one thing okay yeah i mean like free to explore and if you get like but it kind of showed off really well though it's like if you can parry and get the counter stuff in you can fight anybody at any level yeah but if you miss if you fuck up they will ruin you yeah i immediately know there's going to be speedrunners who play this game like dark souls like the guys who play dark souls with a a tree branch and a random shield and it's just parry everybody like the giants in the game and everything just parried them somehow yeah but uh but yeah so like there was seeing stuff like that and then seeing like streamers that i followed for years and that like you know i know to talk to on their discord and in chat and shit and like there was one of them uh alexander guy though he's he's a streamer he's a, a full-time streamer uh, he plays for he works for tsm he used to be a PUBG pro and um he's constantly winding me up about working on the game because i couldn't tell him anything about it and i couldn't just like you yeah. know can't say it and can't say it and he's like his birthday was the 9th uh, of november and he's streaming and he's like and the first thing he does on stream as soon as he sees me in chat saying like oh, happy birthday chief he opens up you play and it's like coming soon and he's like so for my birthday you wanna you wanna get that changed huh you wanna <laughs> like <laughs> so, you know, but uh but like you know having like mates like that play it like as well but like just yeah. people i know just on the internet who are playing it and uh, obviously every friend Everything I open is referenced in it. I was trying to figure out whether it's because we were talking about it, but if I open Twitch, it's like one of the first ones there. If yeah. I open YouTube, the ch- channels I watch are all doing Valhalla episodes and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this th- this is insane. This is one of the biggest launches I've ever seen. Well, it's, 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 uh, it's the biggest launch in the AC franchise. Wow. So, That's crazy. Yeah. Not allowed to give figures. I, I only know them vaguely anyway, because they just kind of give us updates periodically, but they have said and they have announced this is like announced to the public like this is the biggest launch that an ac title has ever had so and it's weird i actually thought it'd be staggered slightly because the ps5 coming out a week later yeah i was gonna say oh i had loads of friends who were sending me pictures of just the valhalla copy where their console was delayed for some reason so it's just holding it going oh oh." but they could play on ps4 they could play if they got one copy yeah yeah So, so here's the thing if you uh i'm not sure about the playstation transition but i know it's for xbox for definite if you bought it digitally for for xbox uh one x yeah and then you buy the xbox series x and you can literally just take the disc out of one put it in the other and your save file will automatically transfer across nice but your save file will also automatically and if you sorry if you buy a physical copy you can just swap the disc if you buy a digital copy when you log in on your xbox series uh series x it's just the game is there you already own it you don't have to buy it again um you could be playing on pc and then switch to ps4 and your save file will transition wow yeah it's a, it's a new thing that we've done with the uconnect where it used to be a ubisoft connect which used to be uplay yeah. uh, is that they have full cloud saves that are platform agnostic i swear to god i was playing a game recently and i could tell that somebody i was playing against using a mouse and keyboard and i was on my playstation just staring at i was playing dead by daylight or something like that mm-hmm. and the way the guy was moving it was like perfect circle strafing and doing all this shit. I was like, that dude's got a mouse. What the fuck? Who am I playing against here? I was like, I'm amazed that everything's gone cross play with. Well, like for single player games like AC, it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. like, 
let, let the person, you know, they're playing it on their lunch break and work on their PC and then they go home and they want to sit at the couch. They don't want to sit at their PC, sit at their couch, open up their console and play it. But yeah, yeah, I just thought the delays to all the consoles were going to stagger it. And the, you know, the, the amount of people who were like, I couldn't get a PS5 and I couldn't get an Xbox Series X and, or I'm going to wait for Christmas. And it's just, I thought that was going to stagger it a bit. Yeah, but yeah. obviously like the Christmas thing I think happens every year because we always release, like the last two weeks, um, has been the anniversary of pretty much every Assassin's Creed game. Oh wow! Yeah, because yeah, they've all sense. like two they're days ago. Two days ago yeah. was Brotherhood's ten year anniversary, wow. and then like uh, I think it was Thursday last week was AC One's thirteen uh, year anniversary. That's crazy. God, I literally remember playing AC One and just like having to completely rewrite the way you play games in your head. Because you're you're like, all right, I'm up in the rooftops, everyone's down here. Like this is a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but like it's um yeah, I thought the console thing was gonna slow stuff down. But mm. apparently it doesn't. I think people were just impatient. Now, granted, I am willing to accept, at least personally, I don't know about uh Well, I can't speak for my company. I, I do recognize myself that like all the games getting delayed hasn't hurt us. Because people were waiting, like they were like, shit, launch we in the same week or in the same two week space, uh, Valhalla and Cyberpunk are coming out. Or Halo Infinite's gonna be launching with the um the Series X. So which do I yeah. have? Yeah, yeah. Then like stuff just got bounced and like granted there were still other games that came out, like the new Yakuza game launched the same day, the Destiny 2 expansion launched launched same day. A few other things and but I think yeah, a lot of people were like I think there was a thing where a lot of people were going to play Cyberpunk first, and then I know a lot of people uh, who were like, I'm going to play one when it launches and the other one at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then one got delayed to near Christmas, so they were like, well, I guess that's decision made for me. Like, I uh, I was like, friend of the show, Clyde, was playing Valhalla, and he's playing in a completely yellow Cyberpunk chair with a yellow Cyberpunk mouse and everything in his house is Cyberpunk, and he's like, the decision was made for me. I am a cyber viking and I have to do the viking bit first and then I'll do the cyber bit second but that's fine. Yeah, I mean like but it's like 2020 has been a hell of a year for doing any type of work. So uh, like the fact that like not only did we do, we got it out on time, we actually at one point we announced the date and then we pulled it back a week. Like we released it a week earlier than we expected than we originally planned. And just because, like, the, to sync up with Xbox, because they suddenly found themselves a launch title. Yeah. You know? So it's, um, and, like, the, like, my friends and all the other studios and stuff like that, talking to them, and it's, like, the surrealness that everyone's experiencing of just, like, working from home, the lack of a launch party. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. But like to anyone who doesn't like to anyone who's never worked in game dev, that might sound incredibly pretentious. Oh, you didn't get your launch party and you launched your game. It's like you don't understand. You work on this game for like however long, and when you're working on it, it doesn't feel like a game. There's this weird sensation that happens where it doesn't feel like a game until like the last ten or fifteen percent. Up to yeah. then, it just feels like a broken mess, and that has been the experience of every game I've ever worked on. It's. I, I, had a friend, unique, like. I had a friend working on a game 
and she I met her randomly in, in Dublin a couple of years ago and she was talking about it and she was like how do you know when it's a game how do you know I was like it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah, it's just... and she's like it feels like I'm climbing a mountain it feels like I'm climbing a mountain like this is horrible I was like yeah but there'll be just this tipping point where everything then snowballs and suddenly it's fun yeah and she's like okay 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 and that's it she just had to find that moment where enough things have come together yeah. now you're put now you're just putting extra fun stuff into an already fun game hopefully yeah and it's it, like it's it's very it's a very strange experience um from a creative process because a lot of creative work it's like from the start like if you write a song if you paint a picture like from the start you can see roughly what you're heading towards and you know okay it's starting to come together and you can feel it progress as you work on it but a game, it's like, okay, so we made this thing and it kind of works as long as you don't look at it funny and you yeah. have to, like, you know, say the right incantation to test it. But it's fine for now. But you know it's done because, like, you're not going to touch it for another year. And then it's going to plug in and it's going to work fine. But it's such a weird experience. And then, like, as a kind of a... There's also the whole thing of, like, you work all the way up to launch. Like, there's a point where the game is locked, but you're still doing bug fixing. Or in my case, you're onto the DLC stuff. So you're already working on stuff beyond yeah. the game itself. And then the game comes out and you're like, uh -huh, oh, okay, cool. And you're just still working. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're all going to stop and have a party now to celebrate that the game came out. You need to, you need that marker in your life to say, and this is, that nightmare is now over <laughs> and you now have a new nightmare because yeah. they are, they're basically anxiety dreams. Uh, it's like, that's, that's essentially what they are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, working in games is the equivalent of trying to punch someone, but your punches don't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you just chip away little by little, and eventually they fall down. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird, bizarre feeling, though, for people who haven't experienced it, like to understand. But yeah, like, and the the launch party is a way of just kind of like I mean, more than any other year, fucking hell, did we need a party at this point? But we didn't get to have yeah. one. So, I mean, I, 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 I do look forward to when we can have one in, in the ruins of civilization in 2023, but I mean... When we are living cyberpunk rather than just playing it. Yeah, yeah. I love, we, like, the world splits into two factions. Half of them go back to nature and just Viking it up, and half of them start augmenting themselves. We're <laughs> just, wow, those games are prophetic, man. Um, maybe. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's it's an it's a weird thing, but it's like it's necessary. It's almost it's a, it's a weird thing that I heard someone say before. But if you, and it'll sound completely wrong if, unless you've worked on the game and shipped the game. It yeah. feels like a wake in yeah. a good well, an Irish wake. Yes, it's, that's what I mean, an it, Irish wake. Yeah, it's, yeah. It feels like an Irish wake. It's it's the celebration of the thing that is done and is now finished. Yeah, it's. There's also something great about that. Like you can't touch it anymore. Like you can't, you have to move on. You could go back and fix something if it was wrong, but like the idea that like, that's what you put out. That's what people are playing. That's what critics are going to look at. That's the thing. Cause there's a thing within the games industry. If you didn't like have a demarking line to say, that's where we stop something moving. You could just make like game creators move on to the next project. Well, Nobody will ever put their hand, never put their hand up. Was it Miyamoto who said that, that quote, a game is never finished. It's just released. Yeah, well, because like, well, if you if you gave me infinite time to work on a game, I don't think I'd ever finish it. Yeah, I'd be constantly coming up with upgrades and ways to make something better and tweak something and polish something, and it's like just I, fucking release it. So 
I remember watching the indie game movie on Netflix and you had the guy who made Fez in it. Is it Phil Fish? And uh, he like re rebuilt rebuilt that game like three times. And I was like, oh, I really like that game. I think it was it came out really well. And watching the, the insanity he put himself through, the, the blood, sweat and tears. And at one point he was like, none of the textures look good. I'm redoing them all by hand. And I was like, honestly, you had a game there. Like that was a fine, the, year one, you had a game. It's like year yeah. two, now you've got a pretty pretty game. Year three, you've got a fantastic game. But you could have had three games. <laughs> like, I, I, like me watching going, I appreciate you killing yourself so that I can enjoy your little game. And it's great. And I, I like played it and then was like, oh my God. And like played it through three or four more times. But yeah, no, as an as an expression of a piece of art, I'm like, then then we're back into the like the the novelist killing himself, drinking himself to death. Being like, no, I this I have to work on this one sentence in the middle of this three hundred page novel for six weeks. Yeah, I mean and that, that leads us to the thing I actually wanted to talk about this week. Oh, very good. Um <laughs> I'm springing this on Johnny. He doesn't know what I'm bringing up for anyone who's new. Um, so, as I mentioned, Destiny got a new expansion. Mm-hmm. And World of Warcraft has a new expansion coming up. And I'm sure there was two or three other games of service games that got expansions or updates in the last three to four weeks because it's the time of year that it happens. Yep, makes sense. But Destiny has done something and World of Warcraft has done it to a lesser extent though it's not quite there in that they have actually removed content from their games as a service game. Ooh, interesting. And that's something that I don't think could ever happen in film or in a TV series because people can always buy a copy of the film or record the episode off the television. Yeah. Now there's obviously there's certain scenes that they just go look for future viewing we won't show that. But usually when the DVD comes out, it's still there. Yep. Um, famously, for anyone in Ireland who's a Trekkie, the fact that the Sky has only ever shown the episode once where Data refers to the 2022 reunification of Ireland through the actions of the IRA. That <laughs> specifically was he citing an example of when terrorism worked. Um, that has only been shown once, and they never showed it again on on Sky when they were doing their multiple reviews. Next Generation. The Simpsons cut entire scenes like that. And I could always tell as a kid that like Kent Brockman would be saying something and they go, um, you know, St. Patrick's Day Parade. Like, and then it would cut and move on to something else. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that was. I'd be like online on YouTube in 1999 trying to find what was cut out of that scene. And there's like scenes where a British pub is blown up or something in the, in the middle of a St. Patrick's Day Parade. And that's a funny joke. And I, in Ireland, I'm like, oh no, that's that's... Oof, that would have taken me out of the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, so Destiny specifically, they released a an expansion called Beyond Light. So there's this whole thing in Destiny, the ongoing storyline, that they've actually finally started putting in with Destiny 2. It wasn't really their Destiny 1. It was this idea of there is a thing known as the light and a thing known as the darkness. And the darkness is... Um, is a very kind of insidious, like off- offering power and all this type of thing. And it corrupts. And there's multiple, all the enemies that you're fighting in the game have been corrupted by the darkness. And then as a guardian, you are someone who has been, uh, you have a ghost and the ghost is imbued with light. And they use their light to bring you back to life. That's That explains why you can't die in Destiny. Right. Because there's a whole thing where like your ghost is invisible. He's cloaked, he's hiding. And then when he meets him, he appears and he resurrects you and then you carry on. 
and um he's the ghost is the latest reincarnation of navi from ocarina of time just a little thing that flits around you that is a story it's a way of inferring narrative to you when there's no one else around or basically doing mechanics in the game that can just need a visual representation it's like this little dude is doing it he's like okay yeah like you use them to scan materials or yeah. to hack a computer and it's like this is going to take me time defending you know that's how they set up their various yeah. scanners and shit but, oh, the, before you go into that the scene where weekly in portal 2 has to hack the computer and he makes you turn around but it's up to you whether or not you actually turn around. So you, he makes you, keeps making you turn around. And he goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And if you keep looking back, he's like, don't look at me. I'm going to do it. And if you do at the last minute turn around, he's just smashing the computer as hard as he can. And he goes, I did it. I hacked the computer. I mean, if it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, um, so in Destiny, they, they had this one the, the thing where like they had those pyramids. I remember showing you yeah, yeah. a year ago. There was a big giant pyramid. And it turns yeah. out there's loads of them. And this is the fleet of the darkness and they show up in system and they start parking themselves in the sky box around some of the planets. And there's ones where you're literally like in the sky box, you load in and it wasn't there before. There's a massive pyramid. And then there's like six or seven more in the distance behind it. And you're like, well, this is a problem. And yeah. shit starts going weird on all these planets. And then there was an event where these planets disappeared off the thing. You saw this like encroaching darkness on the map. And those planets disappeared and you lost contact with them. So oh. they removed four of the locations from the game. But then when the expansion launched, because then it went into downtime, the event happened literally right before downtime. Then it went into downtime. And then when it came back up 12 or 14 hours later, the expansion was live and you had the whole new area of Europa, the moon Europa. They removed Mercury, Mars, Io, was the fourth one? Oh, uh, Neptune. No, Titan. Titan. Oh, the, right. Yeah, the middle Neptune. So they removed the four of those. And like, they were all visually distinct areas. Uh, Titan was like, it's on a, it was on the, the Neptunian moon Titan, and there's like a methane sea below you. Mm. And there's like a ruined arcology. And arcology, for anyone who doesn't know, is like a super city. That's contained in a single building. So there's a massive big one that's ruined, and you can see where like the enemies have busted into the side of it. But you can see it like four kilometers in the distance because yeah, Bungie yeah. and their scale. Uh, Mercury was obviously like very harsh sunlight. You're meant to be right on the divide between night and day on Mercury. Nice. Because um, Mercury is actually always half of it is always facing the sun. Yeah, it's helio. Uh... Oh, there's a word for that. It's like the way the moon is always facing us with the same face. Yes, it has the so, same rotation as it has orbit. Yes. And it matches up. So, but you're like right on the border and there's like, it's very kind of like these weird obelisks and stuff. And it looks quite good. And you can just see the, the thing stretching off into the distance, like the train. Uh, Mars is almost kind of like you're up near the, the ice caps. So there's a lot of like frozen stuff and a lot of ice caves to go through and that type of thing. It's they should have just left Mars and been like, no, no, there's another guy down there and just the doom music playing. <laughs> and then someone the, else has that covered. Yeah, no, no, the, he got this. Don't worry. Um, and then the the last one was Mercury Mar Io, which was like the one of the one of the enemy race are called the Vex, and a lot of their structures look a lot like um, they look like bismuth crystal under oh, yeah, yeah. thing. It's that kind of weird fractal thing. Yeah. But like mega structures that size that are just like sticking out of the, the landscape 
and it was all kind of like valleys and these dead trees. And these locations are just gone, inaccessible. They didn't come back. Completely removed from the game. And do you now, suspect they'll do like a... They have confirmed that they do want to revamp them and bring them back at some point. Okay. And it seems to be the reason they took them out is they were the four smallest biomes in the game to play. Right. And then they introduced Europa, which is very big. And it's like, it's not actually the Europa we have because it's like it's covered in snow, whereas the Europa that exists is like apparently all just like it's like a metal crust on it type of thing. Um, but it's all like snow and ice and glaciers. And there's like a big ruined city in the middle of it because the whole idea is that in Destiny's history, there was a point known as the Golden Age where humanity spread out across the solar system and colonized pretty much everywhere. Right, right. And this all fell when the darkness came. It seems strange because you could be working on revamping those areas without having to take them offline. According to them, they couldn't do that. Okay. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, from a story perspective, it does feel cleaner. Yes, the darkness has come in and cut off these locations and we can't reach them because literally yeah. a fleet of mega ships has arrived, head of yeah. the dealers. And if it's you, about you learning how to get back in contact with them is, is the next few updates and expansions. But I don't think, I can't think of another major game that has ever removed content from its games as a service model. Yeah. Like just games that have come out and been games as a service for a while and then they do a sequel, but the first servers are still up. Yeah, yeah. Because it's no great loss to the people to keep them running. Like they're, they're like, we're paying for X amount of servers and these things take up like two because there's still some people playing on them but like yeah. we're still we're still getting like 400 for everyone else so like you know they're we just asked them to throw those in two for free we got it it's cool those people can be happy and keep playing so in in war in world of warcraft you see things change like that like you'll see things happen yeah. in the sky and stuff but they, you can go back and play historic moments in, exactly. in history there's, a, there's yeah. always a member of the Bronze Dragonflight who are the time travelers where you can talk to and go, I want to go to the blah version of this location. Now, what the, the version that World of Warcraft did recently was that they did a level squash. So I was level 120 and now I'm level 50 or something. Right. And they compressed it down severely. And most of the expansions now account for two levels. And you only see a small portion of them when you're leveling it through them. You can stay there and keep playing, but you're not really going to progress as much as if you move to the next area. Right. But it's so that they've like it's but like that's the thing that the, they have where they consistently raise the level that they have to they always want the leveling time from start to level cap to be roughly the same. Right. So previous expansions, every time there was about to be a new one, they add in some sort of way to quickly gain experience for the last like two or three weeks, if you want to catch up. And they also increase, sorry, they reduce the amount of experience needed to get from start to what the current level cap is going to be, which is about to not be the level cap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've always managed to keep it quite consistent in that. But, the, but they've kind of like revamped the leveling experience now twice because they had to... Like they did it with Cataclysm where they fundamentally changed how the areas worked. Thousand Needles used to be a canyon that was fully dry and there was like almost like a salt flats yeah. thing and that was like a raceway. And now that, that whole area is flooded. That has been since Cataclysm. There was a bunch of areas, but there was a major event that changed them. The areas are still there. They've just been changed. I I suspect I like guys doing this stuff will have big plans. Like, well, we'll do this, this and this. 
um i think there's something real like pride that you get you get retention from people having played something that's then changing like oh when i was here it was all salt flats that's like, the thing uh, like, and they, they just never go back to it because they're like no nah, people like to have that bragging right there there was the only other thing i can think of in world of warcraft was the the opening of anchorage so anchorage was like the second last raid in vanilla wet there was a 20 yeah. man and a, a sorry a 20 yeah a 20 man and a 40 man uh, raid and to open them it required weeks and weeks of work collaboratively on the server there was a massive big chain of event it was like 23 quests long and each of these quests was like like one of them was like uh we need the following materials 100,000 bandages of the highest material quality uh 25,000 lean wolf steaks 10,000 yellow sea bass and all this type of thing all this type of shit that everybody could contribute of all levels to but the the server collectively had to achieve it before you could move on right and when you uh it, there was basically a big gong and you by completing the quest line you got a, a scepter and you bang the gong and it triggered an event that lasted 10 hours and then the gates were open and the event ended there was no other way to trigger that event and if you had the gong if you had the, the scepter to bang the gong you had that 10 hour period to bang the gong and you would receive a special legendary mount it's the only legendary mount in the game sorry it's one of two now but that was the only way to get it and when they would open up new realms they made sure that the realms started with the gates already open to stop people who were like oh i've ha i have the quest line done because the quest line was left in the game for years it was yeah. like i have the quest line done i have the scepter but there's no gong for me to bang because the gong shattered because all it is it just keeps resonating and it shatters yeah when the new server pops i'm going to transfer and i'm going to run down and bang the gong yeah okay but they made sure they don't get it and there's a special title that you can only get that was the closest thing that they've ever come to sunsetting content it was an incredibly limited window now they have done it on other stuff where they're like there's certain things you get for doing the christmas event 2017 but it's a cosmetic yeah. only item or it's something that serves no practical purpose and um, mounts could be argued do the same but that mount is so rare yeah that like a lot of people who got them don't play the game anymore the average server only had one person get it some servers like mine there was like four or five people that got it but like, because like the guild knew that the other side were behind or not, the other side weren't close to finishing it. So they kept stacking up scepters. And the reason right, right. why you couldn't get everybody in the guild to get it was that there was something that would drop and it would only drop once a week, like a single instance of it from a single raid boss. And you right. had to give it to the, and it was blind on pickups. So you had to give it to the guy who was doing the quest line. It was shit like that. So that type of stuff, I don't think it's more time gating than sunsetting, but this yeah. whole thing, I that that stuff is just it it reminds me I I I didn't wasn't playing Fortnite that much but I did watch when they closed down oh, the changed, that one time they changed island. yeah yeah and it was the funniest thing in the world because I heard this thing was coming and everyone was like oh you know that big meteor that's been near like been frozen in the sky and nearly hitting the planet for everything uh, something's going on with it like a timer has appeared in the sky and I was at work so I just stuck it up on my second screen watching Twitch players or no, watching on Twitch Fortnite players. Hmm. and the speculation and everything like that uh, and it was the funniest thing to watch it happen live where people like they finally the meteor hit the ground and there was this whole whirling vortex and it was flung into the air and then this black hole animation played and if you logged into Fortnite, it was just black yeah and it was it was no timer saying when it was coming back or what the plan was and the freakouts online and i was like this is great <laughs> this is actually amazing yeah because they're generating hype yeah and, and but the thing about the, the thing about it in Fortnite was 
you didn't lose any progress. Yes. But the normal seasonal reset. Um, part of the Destiny thing was that they sunset a load of weapons. So in Destiny, you're, instead of a level, you have a light value. Yep. And your light increases as you play and you get new items. And certain tasks, it's like minimum recommended light, 1220. Minimum recommended light, 1000, whatever. Yep. And 1050 used to be the cap. Um, you have your soft cap and your hard cap, but the, that was the soft cap was 1050. Yep. And what they did was they put on a bunch of weapons and armor in the game that suddenly the maximum there was a maximum life value on the items when you inspected them, which wasn't there before. Now this wasn't this was announced ahead of time, but and this happened a few months back. But you'd open it up and you go, that weapon that I've been using for ages. There was literally a weapon that I have that, um, you can when you masterwork them when you fully upgraded them, you can you can set a counter on them for either your PvP kills or your um, your what you call it kills your uh, PVE kills. And I had one that was set for PVE because I used it only in PVE, and I had eleven thousand kills on it. I killed 11,000 wow. mobs in game because that's how long I've been using it because it was that good. Because it's random stats, you can get a god roll, which is like everything yeah. is perfect stats. And then you're like, this is amazing. This is my weapon. And, and I logged in, and that weapon now said maximum power 1060. The current soft cap for the game is 1250. So I was like, I can't use that weapon anymore. Yeah. And Eesh. some of these weapons you got so like that, that's nothing that's though. That's challenges. go on. There was some of the, some of these weapons that were there was a whole series of weapons that you earned by completing massive challenges. You'd get a quest at the start of a season, and then it'd be like, okay, because they had like seasons of the lost seasons. The current one is season of the hunt, and there's like a themed ongoing event. But the they do ones where it's like, okay, so you play during season eight. So we're going to give you this quest. This quest says, get a thousand kills in PvP, and that includes assists. Get a five hundred headshots with a sniper rifle in PvP. And then get a or get five hundred kills with a sniper rifle in PvP, and get a hundred headshots in in PvP with a sniper rifle. And then that will unlock this specific weapon for you, which has predetermined stats and bonuses on it, and is like already max upgraded, and it's really really good. It's like best in its class. And people grinded for weeks to get some of these. Sometimes months. There was one of them that literally took months because it was just the weapon I was asking to use was near impossible. But anyway. Mm. And then they basically say, these are all getting removed when we go into Beyond Light. They, they will be capped at 1060 power. So you can no longer use them in PvE. You can use them in PvP because the light levels don't matter. It just it's, it sets everybody at a standard and they compare against another. Hmm. And they told everyone, this is going to be removed. And then so we were like breaking our bollocks over the last few weeks, trying to grind everything we wanted before it was removed from the game. And then, like, two weeks ago, they were like, oh, and we're putting in this kiosk that you can just buy the ship back from, but you have to get these materials in the game. Yeah. Even they started to backpedal on their own sunsetting and stuff. Yeah. There was some... To reference something we were talking about earlier, which was Penny Arcade and Child's Play, there's a really weird instance of this where players decided to take something out of the game themselves, which was in Team Fortress 2. There was the Golden Wrench, so it was these hundred wrenches that were dropped. And I was trying to look it up there, but there, I guess it was overpowered or something. There was just this one thing that like the scout or whoever, the engineer, I guess, could use a wrench yeah. and it would do de extra damage. But because a hundred players could have this, 
it was kind of shite if you were up against someone with it you're like well you've got an overpowered weapon that i will never be able to get nobody else can get those wrenches yeah so as part of child's play one time they started destroying them in game players could do something they could disassemble them or break them or scrap them so 14 of the 100 wrenches were just scrapped people were like all right if you raise this amount of money i'll get rid of my wrench and then that'll be it it'll be out of the game um yeah, which i think is a really nice way of doing it that's a player-based thing that's not a that's not this example of like it's a company who has been running this games as a service people have been buying expansions it's free to play but people buy yeah. the expansions because like you can play the core game for free but you have to purchase if you want to go beyond a certain point yeah and people have been buying oh. the expansions and then it's like yeah but now it's we're just going to take that content away yeah like I was, I, the thing that annoyed me was that there were certain armor sets I just can't use anymore. Yeah, that's it. Every everything is intertwined with each other. So if something changes like that, I like it's it's weird because there's always famous updates that nerf things. They don't literally take out content, but they make stuff unusable, and that seems to happen in every single game. Which is part um, of balancing and the progression. Like if you want an yeah. ecosystem to keep going, you have to like, yeah, you let something have its day in the sun and then you have to reduce its effectiveness so players want something else because otherwise they're going to yeah. disengage the game because they feel oh. like I've done everything. I have no reason to keep playing. I, I worked on a Facebook game called Legends of Zork where like the, gu the guide that was written online is like, if you start playing this game, they give you a hundred of the, the main currency at the start. Here's what you have to do. You go here, 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 you do these two missions and you get the Easter set, which mm -hmm. is an overpowered set they put in at one point and they just never took out or fixed. And once you've got the Easter set, you can race through this first half of the game and then everything else makes it. And I was like, oh man, we like, could easily nerf that. But we were, there was maybe three people working on this game and we always had to have new content. And we just were like, now nah, we'll make something else overpowered in the future. And I was like, oh, the, and the, the inflation yeah, was insane. Um, it was absolutely crazy stuff. I'm I'm playing Dead by Daylight now, which is an asymmetrical. Uh, it's functionally high stakes hide and seek, where you've got four survivors who need to run around a map and turn yeah. on generators to power up the the exit gates and then get out. So they basically need to escape, and then one player plays the killer, um, separate to the other four, and has to go around and hunt them and sacrifice them to some strange entity that is above the map. Um, and it's really fun that the survivors are all fairly interchangeable. You can kind of play around with their perks and their, uh, like, if they've got a toolbox, they can fix things quicker. If they've got a health kit, they can heal people. Uh, but the killers are all very different. And some of them are licensed killers, which is great. Like, you can have the generics, like, you are the nurse or the wraith or the trapper, or you can just be like Ghostface yeah. from Scream or Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, which is why I started playing it again. Yeah. Um, or like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw. Uh, and they, they seem to like watching guides and stuff online. The community just throw their hands up being like, I don't know. Every time they like, it seems to be a small company making it. They're like, they just put random shit in. They don't think about how stuff's going to interact with other stuff. Like stuff that's the legendary perks or, or items are shit compared to these common items, which are great. Nothing seems to make sense. Um, and I turned it on just there and it said, you know, there's this really powerful ability that if you've been chasing someone for 15 seconds, you keep speeding up and speeding up so that like chases don't go on too long it's like we're just going to turn that off for a weekend we just want to see what the crack is it's like we're going to see how that affects the game but i really appreciate them just putting that in when you open the game be like we're we, we don't have like 100 people testing this game we're probably a small company it's like we're just going to turn some shit off for a yeah. while and see what happens yeah i mean like stuff like that is fine when you're like like again that's 
that's for the balance and the flow of the game. Yeah. I just find this case with Destiny is very strange. Like I'm playing yeah. it's not a Destiny at the moment because like my mates are playing it here and the people here in my time zone to game with and it's like they play Destiny and it's it's I, it's enjoyable. The way there was kind of a it also kind of happened to an extent with League of Legends, but League of Legends being a completely free game, it's it's a it's a different. They essentially moved a side activity. There's the main five v five Summoners Rift game mode in League of Legends that's been there since day one. Yeah. And then they introduced the map at one point. I think it was in season two. Um, there was a specific character that came along with it and everything called uh, Twisted Tree Line, and it was designed to be a three v three map. Right. And. That was the map I used to play because I didn't like Summoner Shift. Mostly because of how toxic everyone is in it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, me paired with every person who's fucked my mother. Um, <laughs> the, it's like Call of Duty all over again. The, um, you see, you sound very young for somebody who's so sexually active. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like Twisted Trilon was just the, the game mode that I was better at and it was the map I preferred and I used to play it and then they removed it. It's like, well, I can't play that anymore. I, I don't yeah. have access to that that game mode anymore. The core game mode is still there. I haven't lost any of my champs. I haven't lost any of my skins. I haven't lost anything else that I have earned. I even still have the ranked gold uh, icon and border and all the rest that I earned from hitting ranked gold on Twisted Tree Line. But the map itself is gone. Yeah. Now, apparently, like, it was like less than 10% of the player base ever even used it which is fine. But my thing is like, it didn't really hurt it being there. Not that I could see. Did you, did you ever watch a online service being shut down in real time or did you ever experience it? Yes. Uh, it's such, I've never been in, I've never been in like a second lifestyle game when they start shutting stuff down or in games where you can have social interactions, but I've watched ones and it's the weirdest fucking feeling in the world where like an anime protagonist lady is like sadly sitting on a bench next to a Kermit the Frog next to someone else. Cause obviously if a game has been going on for a while, it just descends into chaos. And the, they're like, yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, I'll see you. Maybe. The, the, one, the one that I experienced probably the, the best one was the World of Warcraft closed beta when that finished. Right. And all the GMs started spawning world bosses everywhere. <laughs> like 14 dragons attacking a capital city. And then like you just go out into like the starter zone. And there's like there's like, everything. There, there's like these sharks that are meant to swim under the water and they're like swimming around in the sky. <laughs> like it was just chaos. Yeah. Um but, but that was that was a laugh. They were literally literally like no, we're coming to destroy the world. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what's happening. And um, but yeah, no, it's just like I get that like games have to progress, games have to expand and stuff. I don't understand this whole thing where they couldn't take down these zones. I, I'd, I'd be amazed like, if they don't come back up again. Oh like, no, they with, said that they want. The, but even soon, like I, the idea that you take them down is it does feel like you're like no, you weren't appreciating it. When we give it back to you, you'll appreciate it more. Uh, yeah, but even then, I think I think for them it was mostly that the the zone size they always wanted to go bigger. And I, a lot of this stuff was designed when they were under the under the thumb of Activision. Yeah. And the bigger areas, the only real big one was the EDZ, the Earth one, which is like the starter one. So it yeah. has to be kind of big. And then the um, the rest of them were quite small. The first one that they did post-launch, or post-Activision, when they got out of the house fire, 
was actually quite big. It was the moon, mm. the, the huge version of it. Now, it was the moon from the first game. Yes, I remember that. I was going to bring that up. That They brought it back and they revamped a ton of stuff, obviously full texture pass and all the rest, but then they added a ton onto it. They opened up a whole extra zone. Yeah, that was so they, to it. they have functionally done updates. They have done like let's just redo something and revamp it. That's new one. But again, yeah. when, when they sunsetted the stuff on, on last week, they brought back the Cosmodrome, which is from Destiny One. Right. And it's all got a fancy visual pass, and I'm like, this is just the Cosmodrome. And the lads are yeah. like, what do you mean? And from memory, I was able to find six of the hidden chests that are scattered around the thing. That's great. So I'm like, they literally <laughs> haven't changed any of it. They've given it a visual pass and they've changed some like the names of some stuff, the names of some enemies, and they've changed some references and stuff. But I'm like, and not too bad. And like, as a dev, I know how exhaustive some of this stuff can be. That doesn't strike me as a whole lot of extra content. Yeah. That's something yeah. that they had there and they got it and they did a polish pass on it and then they put it in. Uh yeah for for movies and tv shows and stuff there's not a lot of instances where that happens but uh we've we've talked in the past about contractual clean versions of movies and for like all of the movies that edgar wright and simon Pegg and nick frost made is that right nick frost yeah yeah uh, they have to do the clean version but like for Shaun of the dead it's it's full of curses they're constantly cursing uh and they just put the letter n into all of the curse words and redo it exactly the same. They don't try to make it make sense. So anytime they say fuck, it becomes funk. He's like, you think you're a funking DJ? You're not a funking DJ. You left the funking door open again last night. And he's like, well, he's been an awful prank. He's been an awful prank. And I'm going to like, they just put the letter N in every time. Mm -hmm. uh, so funk, shint, prank. And it's just like, just because we can never do it for cunt, it would never make sense. It's just, they well, were where um, the picture of the swear box in the police station, it has all the swear words, and then where they would put the N is just uh, like an exclamation mark or an asterisk or something. Yeah. And then the very last one is just cunt, and it's not, yeah. it's not edited at all. Yeah. And, like that's a direct nod to that. So. Um, yeah, I, I to I've talked about it before as well, watching um, something like The Last Boy Scout, and there's the scene where... Bruce Willis is like, he's now the grizzled former, like, serviceman, former army, whatever. And he's like, yeah, default uh, Bruce Willis mode, yeah. Yeah. And he's embroiled in this, like, noir story. But there's a bit in it where he, it reveals that he was a bodyguard for a congressman who then, like, he overheard the congressman getting, like, basically beating up a woman in a, in a hotel bedroom. So he went in and decked the, the congressman and, like, moved on. But they just cut that scene of, like, implied sexual violence out of whatever version i was watching so they just cuts back to him as a soldier and then cuts back to mo modern day and i'm like so wait what what character am i look like what's is he just always been a scumbag where was the redeeming moment there the, yeah like but that a lot of that seems to be down to the network broadcasting it not to the original version of the film mm. and that's there where it's, it's like, i know we did an episode recently on on uh, director's cuts but this feels different it's and it's also like it's but for I think it's, it's because it's tied to progress. I think it's because they removed progress, and that's the weird thing. Ooh, I have an example. They they oh. started uh speeding up Seinfeld. They started just tweaking it slightly so that although it the episodes got faster, 
the voices didn't get any higher pitched or anything and things would just be going a little bit quicker because they wanted to try and get an extra advert in so they were trying to get it like when it was recorded first it was i don't know half an hour an episode but now it's now that they um the standard is 22 minutes an episode or 25 minutes an episode so they just started speeding stuff up and there's loads of videos online where people are putting their box set of seinfeld against something they've recorded off tv and they just slowly start going out of sync that's weird it's so weird we've t- and we've talked about it before about them putting ads into seinfeld they tested this out where they're like where there's taxis driving past or they walk past a movie theater they would put a modern day movie in on the mark on the the posters but like the modern movie could be i don't know the matrix or whatever the matrix 4 is coming out but then they walk past the twin towers and you're just like what the fuck timeline is this supposed to be yeah i don't know i never liked seinfeld so yeah they could could burn it to the ground for all i care no (laughs) but like like a lot of that is down to like i said it's the networks it's not the the creatives yeah it's all this this weird case and like like is it a good thing or a bad thing is it something that should be like we should be fine with as consumers of game media or is it something that should be like people should be wary of it's the word service like you you kind of nearly sign up for something like that if if you're getting catering from the same place every time and then they're like oh we changed the recipe we don't we we can't get those avocados anymore so now you're getting this you can't demand they go back to the previous thing you're getting a service you you pay for it and it's like i'm sure it's in the the terms of service that they can change anything at any time oh yeah i mean like the the eula for uh world of warcraft states that nobody actually owns their account yeah um, nobody ever realizes that because they don't read it i only know it because they work there and i had to yeah. but i mean it's like yeah but it's it's just it's a i for even for destiny i'd say it's probably executive meddling rather than any big artistic thing unless they come back with everything revamped and ready to go i could see people saying they've said that they want to like bring these back in the future probably done differently or to a different scale and they were the four smallest areas in Mm. the game but like at the same time it was just nice to have that variety of distinctive biomes enemy combinations and the characters interacting with that was someone's twisted tree line. There was somebody who would be hopping in and just had this little area that they were happy to, to jump into. I, maybe there's some statistic they found that if people start doing those missions early, they don't stick with the game or something because they're like, nah, there's no one here. Not seeing anyone. It's maybe. maybe. Uh, there was, famously on TV, there was a, a bunch of Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons called The Censored Eleven that just stopped being shown. They just try to erase them for anything if they're doing box sets if they're doing any kind of um uh memorial things where they're going back through all stuff they just don't reference these and they were all made during the second world war and uh i remember watching them like they're still online you can find them i remember watching them all yeah oh it was that's, one of the why, first that's things why this type of stuff is different that's why i specifically said the destiny thing it's different because it's not like it's I not can donald just... duck versus hitler exactly it's yeah. not like i can just you know, fire up a different version of the game and connect to it. Yeah. Like that's not there anymore. Um, I know somebody who, because I worked in PopCap, there was guys who worked in Plants vs. Zombies and stuff. Uh, and there's a guy who had um, a version of Plants vs. Zombies on his phone from like the real early days where Michael Jackson is in it. They got the Michael Jackson zombie and now he's a disco zombie. After Michael Jackson died, they went and changed that. 
so when you call up the dancing zombie, it's now just going, and he still has this version. He's like got an old phone. He's like, I can never get rid of this phone. It's got the old Michael Jackson version on it. But it's like PT, the Silent Hill thing. There's people selling those consoles that had downloaded the playable trailer. Yeah, actually, PT. Uh, because the game wasn't going to go ahead. Kojima left. Uh, sorry, Kona- Hideo Kojima left Konami, yeah. and under like the, the relationship was fraught, and looks like Konami are not going ahead with the game and all this kind of stuff. So they just deleted it. It's like, nah, you don't, you can't get that anymore. So this little trailer where you're walking around a house being haunted by a ghost became this famous piece of silent hill legend like oh yeah i'll sell you the console for two grand so you can play it yeah yeah it's just it's another one this feels like it's a i'm gonna sound like ridiculous and i'm overblowing it but it's saying it feels like it's a it's a tipping point for games as a service yes i could see that because i think players are gonna look at this and see like okay let's see how people react well you we were talking off um off mic about things that have been running for years and years and years like magic or dungeons and dragons where they do go back and take stuff out for various reasons i like think about the games that have been running for this long like um like gta online and stuff like that i bet there's a lot of stuff in there they'd be like actually if we could just go back and just start killing this stuff it's such a chaotic game anyway i don't think it matters too much about the balance of stuff but i bet they've got some crazy inflation they were like do you know what we could just remove this whole section and it would be fine. It would it would help us with our plans. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's hard. Know, is the equivalent with like long running soap operas is like when some actor does something really terrible and they just basically either kill the character and that's how they remove content, or they just recast and that's how they remove content. Yeah. Well, um, what's her name? Sarah Chalk, um, Elliot from Scrubs, who at one point was the eldest daughter in the Roseanne sitcom and oh, yeah. was a friend of the oldest daughter in the Roseanne sitcom. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or just, was it House of Cards? That kept going after Kevin Spacey, right? It finished up the season from what I remember. The, 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 the thing with the, um, the, the closest I can think of in TV is there's a couple of shows where there's been like there'll be a pilot that they show to you know executives or whatever they get it approved then they make the series and the pilot is identical but a few things have changed like the reaper um the ltv series from back in 2009 with my celebrity looking at look alike in it tyler levine (laughs) and that the the pilot for that exists and it's identical except the female lead is played by someone else but it is scene for scene line for line identical and That's, it's very odd i love the idea that the, the network were like we love it no notes change her <laughs> it's like, okay i mean you know i i, I could see the dialogue like the, and all that staying the same because the first episode was written directed by kevin smith Right. It was like, you know, he pays such attention to detail to his dialogue and he has it in his head of how he wants to shoot everything and how he wants to set up everything. But like, I got to wonder if there's other, like how many other premieres that are like that or, or, or sorry, or, or pilots where there's just like a, a single character swap. It's like, I've why seen, the fuck I've is seen. he a ginger now? You know, no, you know it's just, 
I've seen the Buffy pilot and all it is is Willow. She's a curly haired, like, girl with a bit more weight on her. And that's it. That's the only difference in the entire pilot. And it, but it's surreal because when she's not on screen, you it's just start, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is fine. And then she walks on like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the closest thing I think you can come to in film where it's actually, it's the, it's the, the creative entity behind it is the, the one doing the changes. Yeah, I can't think of anything other than like there are extra scenes in the Chinese version of Iron Man or things like that. And it's never the creative people being like that. It's, oh, we'll get extra funding or we'll be allowed to this, 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 or we'll get a bigger premiere if we do this. And it's pure executive meddling. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. If anyone can think of any, uh, throw us a comment about it because it's just something that's kind of being like... Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love people to weigh in on this. Um, as if we're, if we're wrapping up at this stage, we actually got a great comment from our, uh, our casting episode um, where David Bell on Facebook uh, asked, who's the biggest waste of a cast? Like, what was the most promising cast in the worst movie? Uh, he has an example here. I always said Mystery Men because it had such ridiculously good comedic people in it, Hank Azaria, Janine Garofalo, William H. Macy, Ben Stiller, and then randomers like Eddie Izzard and Tom Waits. This is the, Mystery Men is um, uh, a parody of all the ridiculous superhero stuff uh, from 1999, back before we had this current batch of ridiculous superhero stuff. Now we've got The Boys and, uh, and Misfits and all that kind of stuff. But this was in response to, I guess, all the Superman and Batman, but even things like Ninja Turtles and stuff where it's just random. It seems like random words from together. I think Paul Rubens is in it as well. And it's just yeah, not it's, that fu- It's not I, that funny a movie. Hank Azaria, uh, Janine Garofalo, Greg Kinnear, William H. Macy, Kel from Keenan and Kel. Yes, Kel. Kel, Kel Mitchell. Uh, Paul Rubens, Rubens, Jeffrey Rush, Ben Stiller, um, Tom Waits, Eddie Izzard. The uh, dude who's CeeLo... No, the dude who's CeeLo Green who sings I remember when I remember I remember when I lost my mind he's yeah. in it as just one of the random bodyguards like nearly every random person in it is someone yeah. uh, but the one that uh, David on Facebook said was Cowboys and Aliens which I've definitely seen and can't remember a single moment of that sounds very uh, right for and it's Daniel Craig uh, Sam Rockwell who I fucking love Clancy Brown patron saint of the show yeah, Olivia, Olivia Wilde, I love, and Harrison Ford randomly thrown in there. Yeah, uh, and I remember watching it and just marveling at the fact that Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig are the same character. They're both trying to outgrizzle each other. They're both like the the tough guy with the heart of gold at the end, and they both get to save the day. Like Daniel Craig runs into the spaceship at the end to save the day, and then Harrison Ford does exactly the same thing. He runs in to save the day and save Daniel Craig and everyone else. Um, I am astounded being reminded of all the people who are in that movie that it was such a shit show yeah and for me for like regarding mystery man i like mystery man except for ben stiller because i just don't like him. yeah he's one of those the only thing i think he's ever been good in is when he's playing the straight guy when he's not trying to be funny he's like jack black for me he's great when he's there and he's just kind of he's adding a little bit of flavor he's not trying to be the center of attention Yes, Jack Black has an amazing charisma, but if you if you don't know how to use him, if you just walk on set and go now, turn it up to eleven straight away. Let's do this. That's an insane way of doing it. No, 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 let it come out naturally. Let him do. Let him be a little bit low key and just bring it out where it's needed. 
like um yeah like ben stiller is in empire of the sun most people don't remember that huh yeah i do not remember that he's in empire of the sun um he's only like a side character in it but you know the like jack black i think is brilliant in shallow hell where he is the butt yeah, of the yeah. joke. He is not the reason for the jokes. Um, he has this odd moment where he gets to do a funny line or thing, and that's fine. But when he's actually, he's actually an incredibly good straight character. Hmm. Um, the other one then is like the, um, the like with, with Stiller, eh, not great. <sighs> great cast, shit film. Um, uh, Disturbia is that the name of it? With Shia LaBeouf and or, no. or the, Rih- the Rihanna song, the Eldridge pop song by Rihanna. Um, Chris Brown. Sorry, no, it's not Disturbia. What I'm thinking of, it's uh, who's the, the cast? Uh, ben Foster's in it, and uh, Pandorum. That's the one. Oh, right, right. Pandorum has like, uh, it's like, there's not a lot of people that you would instantly know off the top of your head, but there's a lot of people you kind of recognize and you'd be like, I know him from something. I know her from something. Um, but the main, the main two is like Norman Reedus is in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Ben Foster, Dennis Quaid. All right. Now Ben Foster is, is someone who I could watch in anything. I just find him like an immensely watchable actor. And it's weird because he does, he seems to shy away from doing the big well-known stuff. I'm almost certain it's his own choice that he does the thing. Like his, his thing is the thrall in 30 Days and Night is just so good. That oh, yeah, give me a bowl of raw hamburger. Like just he comes, he pulls yeah. off the creepy like he's just he's a he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Dennis Quaid, someone who like you know, like has always been an incredibly solid actor, but just seems from about 2005 onwards has just done muck. Yeah. And actually there's another one, Legion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Even has Paul Bettany, um, uh, Charles S. Dutton, um, the uh, who else is that? The fucking where is it? I got the list here. Asian, yeah, okay. Lucas Black, who was in, who was the kid in Sling Blade, and then went and then starred in the phenomenal uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Right. Uh, Kevin Durand, another actor who I could watch in absolutely anything. Um, Dennis Quaid, um, the uh, Charles S. Dutton, and Doug Jones is a lot of the character oh. working. Tyrese Gibson is in it. Like all these actors who are like they're not fucking blowing the doors off stuff, but they're they're guys who like like Tyrese Gibson. If he's in a film, if it's a cheesy film, he does the cheesy thing, but he's still yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah. When he does a serious film, he's really fucking watchable. There's, and, there's then, certain... and, and Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is a fucking great actor. And there's, cer- there's certain people like that that just give me confidence. It's even even just Doug Jones, I'm like, oh good. Then they've thought about like they've they've they know what kind of movie they're making here. They've gone they've gone for a professional here. But like and, and like like Kevin Durant, it's Kevin Durand is one of those people, 99% of people listening to this podcast right now will not recognize the name. And as soon as they Google him, they're going to go, oh, that guy, because they've yeah. seen so much stuff. And he's a great actor. He's got a great presence. Um, he's 
another bad film that he was in, but it's and actually, yeah, that could also qualify. X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Look at the people who are yeah, in X Men Wolverine with Will I Am. Is that the one? Yeah. So so Kevin Durant plays the Blob, but oh, you've got yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackman's in it. Liev Schreiber, Danny Houston, Will I Am, Kevin Durant, Dominic Monaghan of Hobbit fame. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you're just looking at it and going like, good Christ, who let these people, who let these people be involved in this film? <laughs> Though I will say about the X-Men Origins film is uh, you can watch the first 17 minutes uh, five times and then you just get a good film that way. You don't have to watch past that though. Yeah. I, so, uh, speaking, yeah. Of super, speaking of superheroes in casting, I watched Into the Spider-Verse, which is fucking amazing. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, astounding like I, afterwards I was just sitting around going oh wow how good why I, like am I allowed to just watch this again who'd stop me yeah uh, but Nick Cage as the noir Spider-Man is actually brilliant yeah no that, that's perfect like um, I'm just trying to think is there any other bad casting there's one that I have heard people say is a bad film with great casting and I will not stand for it and that is Willow Willow yeah, is a great fantastic film, film. Yeah. That traumatized me so much as a child when he turned the thing into the troll <laughs> inside out. But you, that film was fantastic. You you sent it to me after a recording one time and stayed online while I watched it. <laughs> just I was like, God, I don't remember the testicle monster. Oh my god, I thought I must have blanked this out. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's there's just like yeah, there is a lot of films where they end up with a great cast, something doesn't gel, something doesn't click. And it all goes pear shaped. Actually, there's one. I just thought of it. The ultimate film or film trilogy that has a great cast, a phenomenal cast, and is utter shit is the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jesus, we could do we could do entire episodes about how good shit just fell apart. But yeah, the Hobbit stuff. I mean, <sighs> like even the extra people that they brought in. Lee Pace is in there, fucking Stephen Fry, like they, uh, like Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly as the like, yeah, as the voice of the fucking <laughs> dwarves. There's like Benadryl Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Again, like he does really good voice acting. I'm not a fan of him in in regular acting, but he does really good voice acting. And it's just it's all like Martin Freeman's in it. Yeah. Martin Freeman's a great actor. I love watching Martin Freeman. Yeah. Like, it's just a. Uh, it was a clusterfuck of a of a trilogy, and I, I I still think my theory is the actual truth behind it. I still believe that it was the whole thing of he originally wanted to be one film. They said to him, he went fine, but I'm not directing it. I'm producing it. I'm getting Gilmer yeah. to direct it, and they went great. And then all the delays because of the writer strikes and the guild strikes and stuff in in uh, Australia, New Zealand. And then it was it ran on so late that Altor was like, I can't do it anymore. They went, okay, well, we have to renegotiate the contract. And they started hounding him again for three films. And at that point, he went, fine, fuck it. I no longer care. Yeah. Um, every oh, time they went, happened. we want such and such to ensure whatever. Yeah. He just wanted his paycheck. Because it took him something like eight or nine years to get his royalties from the the extended cut DVDs. Yeah. And it's like, they were trying to pull some Hollywood accounting bullshit. And he's like, there's no way on earth you can tell me they didn't make money. Yes. There's no feasible way. I, uh, no, I, I absolutely believe it. I remember seeing yeah. the first Hobbit movie with my mum in the cinema and her just being like, 
like at a certain point she's like so i think i've read the hobbit books and i was like oh joe nothing on that screen reflects anything in the book yet It'll, they'll get there she's like i see i remember there being a dragon and not so much with the albino fellow <laughs> and i was like so, the dragon shows up in two movies time uh whatever one came out in 2014 i remember going to see you digit when they went for the christmas party yes I that might be the last one that was the last one. actually yeah that was the last one and I remember, I remember sitting there, we had two rows of seats, and I'm yeah. sitting there, and I think it was Double D was sitting beside me, and I can't remember who else. And at one point during the film, I just looked at him, and he looked at me, he's like, ah. and he just shook his head. <laughs> and then I turned around, I was looking around to see what the reaction of other people was, and I turned behind us, and Nathan was asleep in his chair. Oh, he was like, passed out, there was a fucking dragon on the screen, and he was like, oh, God, not a, he didn't give a shit. I, it was the most bored I've ever seen Dom in my life. Yeah. And it was just like, and we came out and then Rich is like, our boss is like, that was brilliant. And I just lost it. I was like, what? <laughs> I remember walking down the street to the pub and like there's all 20 something of us. And I'm like, me and Frawley are just ranting about yeah. how shit the film is. Yeah. And someone was like, ah, oh, it was fun. It was a bit of spectacle. Like, it's not, it's a bit mindless. I was like, it's not mindless. It's, it's chaos. I was like, it's whatever it was, the Battle of the Five Armies. I was like, name the five armies. It was like, well, the, the people, the elves, the dwarves. And then, uh, I just couldn't get to five. I was like, I think the eagles were one army. And he's like, nah, I can't be right. But that was the thing. And then it was like, so they had that big worm that showed up and like, yeah. drug them all the way there. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, why didn't it dig its way into the mountain? And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Film is so bad. So yeah. bad. <laughs> Thank you to our to our, to our listener who, who suggested that. What was his name? David Bell. David Bell. Much appreciate that. Yeah. So if you wanted me to read out your name, but now you did. So there you go. Oh, you know, you know, the man, the man actually has a point. The mystery man thing. I think if I did like Ben Stiller, I might hate that film more because I like he. It's it's like the pain thing. It's like shit. I like my fucking my leg is killing me. Somebody punch me in the arm. I need something yeah. to distract me from this rear pain. Yeah. So him uh-huh. being on screen makes me ignore how bad the rest of the film is. I like the rest of the film because comparatively, it's amazing. It just, every scene for me is me being like, opportunity, wasted. Oh, but next time, opportunity, wasted. All right, next time. My biggest gripe with that film is that his character was made specifically for the film because people didn't, uh, sorry, the people behind it didn't believe that people would go for the leader of the mystery man, who was the, the, the flaming carrot, the guy who got his superpowers by reading three and a half thousand comics in one sitting. And he was like a greaser carrot yeah. with fighting hair. Like, I'm like, I I it. it's that. exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, but I mean, that's 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 actually what I would prefer <laughs> rather than Ben Stiller on screen. Yeah, as the uh, more angry man. Um, cool. I uh, I think that'll do us for this episode. Yeah, this is a legitimate can think of right if anyone has any opinions on the destiny thing that this unsetting granted a lot of people might not have played it but it's just this idea of like removing content that people have paid for in the past yeah and, um, what is your opinion on that because this is something that's kind of extends into the larger medium the whole idea of like people don't buy cds anymore because they have spotify what if your spotify account is banned what if you what if spotify disappears and you can't listen to music I, on spotify oh I've had Spotify for years and years and years. I often go on and find that songs are just missing from playlists now. They're just grayed out. He's like, nope, these don't exist yeah. anymore. That edit doesn't exist. And I'm like, doesn't it? Yeah. And then, or the same for like um, uh, your Steam library. Steam yeah. could shut down one day and you don't have your library anymore. They could ban you. You don't have your library anymore. Yeah. You don't own the things you, you, can, you consume anymore. 
And this is kind of like a watershed moment where they've just gone, yeah, we're just going to remove that completely. It happens before with games where they disappear, but it's like four or five years after they've stopped supporting them. They're just like, we'll leave the servers up so people play. And then the numbers uh, dwindle to the point where they can take them down because it's like, whatever, there's only like a thousand people playing this. It's, it has happened with GTA. Some of the songs are missing off the radio because they'd only licensed them for five years or 10 years. That's true. And, and the, the product has gone on longer than that and they didn't renegotiate. So certain radio stations just have less music now. That is true. But yeah, I'm interested to see what people think of it because it is an, an is a weird situation and I think it's going to come more prevalent in the, in the future. Yeah. So curious to see what people think. Cool. Well, thanks everyone. Thank you. Bye.